Bradley Cooper's biopic about Leonard Bernstein is on Netflix now. Fun fact, you can make up the name of Cooper's last film as a director, A Star is Born, exclusively using the letters found in Leonard Bernstein. And I'm glad he's keeping the pattern up for his next film after Maestro. It's called More Toast. This video is brought to you by Babbel. Get up to 55% off your subscription at babbel.com slash Dan, and be sure to stay tuned after this video for more info. Hello, everybody. Welcome to my review of Maestro, and thanks for sticking around after that admittedly belabored joke to start off the video. This is a review, though, of Bradley Cooper's latest film, a biopic about Leonard Bernstein, the legendary composer and conductor who achieved just about everything a musical genius could achieve in his lifetime. Bernstein also famously mentored Lydia Tarr, the once ubiquitous composer who's all but fallen off the map in the last few years. I wonder what happened to her. Bernstein is played by Bradley Cooper, who also co-wrote the film with Josh Singer, the Oscar-winning co-writer of Spotlight, and directed the movie as well. Bradley Cooper is what I like to call obnoxiously talented. He is a four-time Academy Award nominee for Best Actor. He's a four-time Academy Award nominee as a producer for Best Picture. His first movie, A Star Was Born, was nominated for eight Academy Awards and won one, and Maestro is positioning itself to break that record with his second film. Let's also not forget that he's a pretty good-looking guy who probably never would have had to write or direct, except for the fact that he seems to be drawn to it, and he's really good at it. I could be petty and resent the stuff that he's achieved if he wasn't so good at all of the different things that he does and if the accolades were unearned, but they're not. He just does good work. I liked A Star is Born, but I loved Maestro, which is an intimate look at a complicated man that could have coasted by, like Bohemian Rhapsody did in many places, by packing its runtime with Bernstein's incredible music, but instead is much more interested in finding the human underneath. When I saw the first images that came out of Bradley Cooper in the prosthetics and everything, I was worried that this movie was going to edge toward what I call a wig and teeth movie. It doesn't just have to be wigs and teeth. It's really about the makeup or the transformation where it seems like the focus is on the physicality of the actor and not the actor's performance. But that is not the case here. I actually didn't really notice the makeup after a while because Cooper melds seamlessly into his character and inhabits the life of a 20th century icon. When I heard the term Leonard Bernstein biopic, I was bracing myself for the cliche scene where it's a dark night, he's hunched over a piano trying to come up with his next idea, and the janitor or somebody walks through the hallway snapping his fingers. And you see the light bulb go off over Leonard Bernstein's head, and we cut to opening night of West Side Story. It was his inspiration to write one of the greatest musicals of all time. There's nothing like that in this movie. Maestro is content to let Bernstein's artistic legacy speak for itself. The music exists to contextualize the man, not the other way around. In the film's most extended musical sequence, we see Bernstein conducting Mahler's second, but the emotion we feel isn't driven by the music, but its effect on Bernstein himself. It flowed through him, it energized him, and the film is about the rarity of this gift and the perils that come with it. Matching Cooper's greatness is Carrie Mulligan as his wife Felicia, who walks into their life together knowing that she will share Leonard with music and with the world. She's also keenly aware that Leonard is at least a bisexual man. He perhaps was a gay man, and her eyes are wide open to that fact. There's no cliche scene of the wife deceived or any of that. We go a lot deeper than that kind of surface level look. 
Instead, over time, Felicia grows weary of living her life with not a man, but a legacy. And her combination of love, jealousy, empathy, resentment, and awe of her husband's gift is perfectly modulated from scene to scene, moment to moment. Carrie Mulligan's performance in this film is equal to Bradley Cooper's, and it is, I think, my favorite performance from a leading actress in a movie this year. It's stiff competition, but she is great. It's just so ironic. I would look at everyone, even my own children, with such pity because of their longing for his attention. It was, it was sort of a banner I wore so proudly. I don't need, I don't need. And <laughs> look at me now. Authenticity is the key to this film. And while Maestro is getting a lot of awards attention, it never really feels like awards bait. Yes, there are characters who have big dramatic moments and arguments, but it feels like we're watching these characters living, not like we're watching actors performing, trying to score those big Oscar points. Adding to the realness of the film is its look, composed by director of photography Matthew Libatique. Each era of the film, and it covers several decades, is shot in a style and an aspect ratio that makes it feel as if it was shot in that time. Maestro feels as much like a documentary documentary as it does a feature film and a lot of that has to do with the versatility that Libatique brings to the table in types of camera and types of film stock it really is a tribute to that versatility actually the second best tribute to the different things he can do as a director of photography the best tribute to what Matthew Libatique can do is the fact that back in 2018 he had two movies open on the same weekend one of them was Bradley Cooper's A Star Is Born and the other one was Venom and the fact that both of those movies looked like they were shot with the same care is really a tribute to just what Libatik brings to the table as a cinematographer. The film is also scored with Bernstein's own music and edited masterfully by Michelle Tesoro, who won an Emmy for cutting Netflix's The Queen's Gambit. It all comes together to make a film that's at once epic and intimate, unafraid to ask questions about the burden of talent, the limitations of unconditional love, and who it was exactly who abandoned Snoopy in the vestibule. That's an inside joke that you're not gonna get until you watch the movie, but I wanted to bring it up because I just love Snoopy in real life, and Snoopy actually has an unexpectedly large Large role to play in this movie. As I was preparing my thoughts for this movie, I was thinking about some of the movies that have made my top 10 list going back to 2015, 2016, and I didn't really realize until I looked back that there were so many of them that were about music or musicians. Movies like Annette and Tar, Sound of Metal, Sing Street, La La Land, Tick Tick Boom. It's weird because I've never really considered myself to be a music guy when it comes to like popular music, but music, film scores, classical music does really move me me and music that's used in film also moves me and so I guess in some way stories about musicians also move me my uncle was a high school band director for many many years and even though I can't read or write music and I certainly can't play music I guess somewhere in my genetic makeup there is an affinity for music and musicians but I don't think that you need to have some sort of a pull genetically to enjoy this movie if you like great acting if you like just a human story and a story about two people who went through something that very few people can relate to through thick and thin, then I think you'll enjoy this movie. I really, really liked it. On my personal scale, it actually sneaks up into see it now territory. I'll admit that I might like this a little bit more than some, but I think you'll also like it if you want to see some of the best acting in any movie this year, as well as just a really well-directed, well-shot portrait of a famous man that I and probably many of you watching knew very little about. 
So those are my thoughts on Maestro. What do you think? Are you going to be checking it out on Netflix? Let me know down in the comments below. And before we go, I want to thank the sponsor for this video, Babbel. Did you know that over 60% of Americans believe that the most useful second language in the U.S. is Spanish? I took it in high school, but that was so long ago, I've forgotten most of what I learned. But this holiday season, I'm giving myself the gift of new language lessons on Babbel, where you can start speaking a new language in just three weeks. Babbel is conversation-based learning built with science-backed tools like spaced repetition and interactive lessons created by real language teachers and voiced by real native speakers to not just help you learn how to speak the language, but to get ready to have conversations in the real world. With over 10 million subscriptions sold, Babbel is real language learning for real conversations. And if you're serious about speaking another language, what Babbel can promise you are useful language skills along with the context, traditions, and culture that the language you're learning is grounded in. It's not always easy to learn with Babbel, but it is simple. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners and viewers to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for people that watch or listen to the show at babbel.com slash Dan. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash Dan. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Dan. Rules and restrictions may apply. Thanks to Babbel for sponsoring this video, and thank you for watching. I've got reviews coming up this week for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, as well as Rebel Moon. And stay tuned next week for my best and worst of 2023 list. I'm still trying to cram in as many movies as I can. Thanks so much for spending part of your day here with me. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.